morning so i just listened to the very last episode of season one of yoruba Ibo muslima and oh my goodness wow okay i think i understand now why some people really like the podcast i mean it was low-key funny i was smiling throughout was like man I, I don't know where my head was at that time but i feel like i was entirely normal right now i don't know if i'm like perfectly normal just yet but i feel more normal than i probably was then but yeah uh where i left off actually in that last episode well not the episode before this one but like the last episode of the first season is um i was talking about oh i'm going for nysc and all that um so i thought today it would be interesting to fill you in on what nysc was like in fact maybe i should focus on camp Going to Abuja for NYSC was definitely exciting because I was like, ah, finally, I'm leaving this town, this cold city place. And of course, it's always really nice to go to a new place and everything. So, yeah, I mean, definitely one of the things on my mind was like, oh, I'm going to a place where there'll be a lot more Muslims. So I won't be like stranger, you know, in this place anymore. Yay. But then you find out that once you're a stranger, you're always a stranger. But that's a topic for another day. Anyways, so this NYC conversation, maybe I should, um, we should have like four chapters or four segments or something. So chapter one, let's call it, hmm, Mano War. That's such a cool title. Anyways, um, I have this picture of myself like on a rope. I don't know how to describe it, but if you follow me on Instagram, and if you you have been following me for a long time, because I don't know if that picture is still on my profile, but if you've been following me for a long time, then you probably know the picture I'm talking about. Like I am kind of hanging off a rope, like in midair. I'm not sure how to describe it again. But then there was this like uh, manual competition between platoons where we had to do all these. Um, we had to go through like this training course where you climb a scary looking ladder. And then you slide down a rope and then you climb this grid rope like things like it was it was pretty fun. And then you test your balance by um, there was like a what do you call this now? Like a log or something that you have to walk. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, my platoon got second, came second. There were two of us in my platoon, actually, like each platoon had um, two representatives and I felt feel like if i were the only representative of my platoon we might have come first yeah just saying but anyways um that picture i was just lucky to have it because one of my classmates uh from uni was also in the same camp and he was at the man of war thing and he took that picture thank you hyson for taking that picture um i sent it to my dad and it was such a proud moment for him because you know you may or may not know that he was in the military so like yeah like father like daughter right (laughs) not so anyways that was fun um in camp i don't remember if i fully expected to make friends but i did make friends Mm, now that i'm saying that i feel guilty because i haven't talked to any of my friends from camp for a while which is quite sad um the only muslim friend i remember from camp sister toiba yes i know the sister her name her first name is sister <laughs> definitely not 
I should probably call her like once I'm done recording this. But like she's total good vibes all around. She's Yoruba, and yeah, that reminds me, Ugh, guys, guys. So at the MSS mosque, right? There was this thing. I don't remember what happened, right? But this day in the female section of the mosque. Hausa girls and Yoruba girls were beefing, they were fighting. Not physical fights, but like hurling insults at each other. And you know what was weird about it? Like, the Hausa girls were literally on one side of the mosque. I don't remember whether it was the right or the left. And the Yoruba girls were on the other side of the mosque. And guess who was right in the middle? I was. Now... It's not like I was part of the conversation. Like, heck, I'm not even sure I knew what the trouble was about. But when I think about it, my goodness, now that I'm a filmmaker, I'm just, like, seeing how perfectly that whole thing was blocked. <laughs> like, I was right in the middle, and it was so symbolic because I definitely do not identify with the house girls, but... I technically also do not identify with the Yoruba girls because, yes, I'm Yoruba by blood, but that's about as Yoruba as I am. Yeah, so... And if my life were a movie, that moment would have even been more symbolic because moving forward, I still feel like an outsider. Like, I still feel like I'm always the one that's just you know, like the outlier, the outsider. So yeah, I mean, at the moment, even now, I found it amusing. Like, I must have been smirking while this was going on. Of course, I was sad that, oh my goodness, girls. Uh, why can't you just get along? Why Why are you fighting? And why does it have to be house versus Yoruba? But yeah, it is what it is. And... um. I think I'm going to have to break this camp conversation into pieces. I'll probably pick it up again next time. Because this is leading me somewhere else. And it's getting me, it's making me think about um, even my experience outside of camp with Yoruba Muslims and Hausa Muslims. I mean, coming into Abuja, I had the impression, like from stories I'd heard from friends and cousins, that Hausa Muslims feel like they're better than Yoruba Muslims. Sorry, guys. Like, there's no nice way to say it. But, yeah, that's that's what it is, generally speaking. Now, bear in mind that this is this is not me generalizing because there are always exceptions to the case. But, generally speaking, Hausas believe they are better Muslims than Yorubas. Yeah. And they don't hide it, you know, so... I would go to places, I noticed this even after I got married, um, people would assume that I could speak Hausa because I would be wearing the hijab. And of course, remember, this is something that happened a lot in Enugu as well. So it didn't change when I came here. Mm. They would assume that I could speak Hausa, they would speak Hausa to me. And when they realized that I couldn't speak Hausa, like you would literally see their faces fall. Like, they'll be so disappointed. And it's not just the disappointment, but it's like, almost like this look like, ugh, you're beneath me kind of look. You might think that I'm overthinking it, but trust me, I'm not. It's like, they don't regard me as anything after that. After they realize that I'm not house it's 
it's ridiculous. Like, it's so freaking ridiculous. Um, I'm trying to think of, trying to remember, like, any other example of when I might have encountered this whole Yoruba Muslim and Hausa Muslim bias. I don't know. Maybe I'll talk about it in the next episode if I can't remember anything. But yeah, there was a lot of that going around. But then you know what the funny thing is, right? You come here and you find that a lot of Hausa Muslims don't... And I'm talking about the women now, right? They don't even wear hijab, like observe hijab to the extent that some Yoruba Muslim women do. I mean, a lot of Yoruba Muslim women cover their faces. I think I know more Yoruba Muslim women who cover their faces than Hausa women. And maybe you'd say that, oh, because I haven't been to the far north or whatever. But I'm just saying that, I mean, there are Yoruba women who wear the niqab. There are Hausa women who wear the niqab. There are Yoruba women who don't cover their hair. There are Hausa women who don't cover their hair. There are Yoruba women, like, when you look at both tribes, right, you can find parallels. So it's... Again, I hate that this this has turned into a conversation about tribe, but that's what make people make make of it. Um, that's what they turn it into, basically. But my point is, tribe shouldn't even be a conversation here, right? You're Muslim, you're Muslim, you're on your own path, you, um, you've got your own choices, whether you cover your hair or you don't cover your hair. Um, you're making that choice as a Muslim, not as a Yoruba person or a Hausa person, right? So... I mean, as much as I wasn't surprised by the whole, oh, how some Muslims are better vibe that I was getting when I came to Abuja. I'm still in Abuja, by the way. As much as I wasn't surprised, I was a bit, I don't want to say shocked, but it was disappointing, you know, getting those reactions from people when I couldn't speak Hausa. So, yeah. I mean, this is why, like, four or five years later, actually, I wasn't in Abuja for, like, a year or two in between these five or six years, but I still can't speak Hausa, which is a shame, but, oh my goodness, it's like, I don't go all over again after spending so much time there, I can't speak Igbo. Ugh, gosh, guys. Anyways... I'll end this episode here. Thank you so much for listening. Follow me on Instagram at Corayday, K-O-R-A-Y-D-A-Y. Follow me on Twitter at I am Corayday. Uh, same spelling, K-O-R-A-Y-D-A-Y. Let's chat, send me a DM, tweet at me. Let's talk. Let me know what you think about this episode. And that's it. Toodles. <laughs>